We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, Seattle Pacific University, a Christian college in the Northwest, just had over 70%, I repeat, 70% of its faculty sign a vote of no confidence against its board of trustees. And what was the board's egregious act that led to this? It affirmed the biblical stance on sexual morality. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's rebellion. Today's story, today's topic for The Rebellion is Seattle Pacific University faculty vote no confidence in its board of trustees over LGBTQ exclusion. That's the headline from Religion News Services. Seattle Pacific University faculty vote of no confidence in its Board of Trustees over LGBTQ inclusion. This is an April 20, 2021 story in Religion News Services. This is a critical story. Even if you don't send your kids to a Christian college, even if you're not an alumnus of a Christian college, this is the canary in the cave. As go the Christian colleges in our nation, so goes our nation. What's taught in the classroom will be practiced in our culture. As I've told you before on this show, all of our colleges, almost all of our colleges, even our state universities, were founded in a biblical ethic, and explicitly so. Many of them still carry mottos that are Bible verses. They don't even know it. Northwestern University, for example, carries a motto that refers to a passage out of the book of Philippians. They don't even know what it means. The University of California system still has a motto that refers to fiat lux, Latin for let there be light. Do they even know what it means? As I've told you before, Harvard University and Yale University, Dartmouth, Princeton, all of the Ivy League institutions, with the exception of one, was explicitly founded as a Christian institution. In the case of Harvard, to lay Christ at the bottom as the foundation of all learning. Does that sound Christian to you? Do you think Harvard still teaches that today? What's taught today in the classroom will be practiced tomorrow in our culture. The university, the college, higher education is the canary in the cave. And if you send the canary down and it dies, it might tell you that there is noxious gas down there that will kill you. Christian education is dying right now. It's dying. Oh, many of the schools still exist, you say. Some of them are thriving financially. Their enrollment is strong. Seattle Pacific University in the Northwest is one of those. It's a larger Christian university. They just had their faculty. 72% of their faculty. On April 20, April 20, 2021, 
72% of the faculty at Seattle Pacific University. 72%. I just can't get past that number. It's not just a handful of malcontents. This is 72%. Three quarters of the faculty at Seattle Pacific University, one of the larger, more prominent Christian universities in our nation, have just voted no confidence in their board of trustees because the board dared to affirm what the Bible says. Period. You thought I was going to end that with on homosexuality. No, what the Bible says. The dare the board dared to affirm what the Bible says. And 72% of the faculty at a Christian university just said, we don't have confidence in you because you did that. That's today's story. This is outrageous. And why you people send your kids off to these Christian colleges without checking this stuff out is beyond me. You're sending them out to have their souls destroyed. You need to stop. And Seattle Pacific University is not the anomaly. This is the way of Christian institutions today. Let's take an early break, acknowledge our corporate sponsors. And when we get back, we'll discuss Seattle Pacific University and what's wrong with this. Some of you may be scratching your head and saying, why is Piper so upset about this one? I thought he stood for academic freedom, intellectual liberty. I thought he was classical liberal. I thought he wanted to have a conversation about controversial things. What's he all in a hissy fit for on this one? Remember that if you would like to subscribe to The Rebellion, you can do so by going to patreon.com backslash D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R. One more time, patreon.com backslash Dr. Everett Piper. That's D-R-E-V-E-R-E-T-T-P-I-P-E-R to subscribe to The Rebellion. Also remember my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. Grow Up. Life isn't safe, but it's good. It's still jumped back up to number one new release in two different categories this past weekend, so it's still chugging along. And if just a hundred of you listening right now, I'm serious. I'm serious. People don't understand this. You don't need a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand people to go out and buy a book to keep pushing it into the bestseller category. If groups of a hundred go out and buy the book, it bumps it up in the Amazon.com rankings. So if you're listening right now and you haven't bought the book, I'm asking you to do so. I assume you like the challenges that are presented in the rebellion. I assume you like the debate. You like the dialogue. Whether you agree with all the ideas or not, you still enjoy the exchange and the challenge. Well, if that's so, the number one way you can support the rebellion is to go buy, grow up. Life isn't safe, but it's good. Obviously, subscribe to if you'd like, but the number one way right now to keep grow up in the national bestseller category is to go buy the book. Let's take a break. Grateful for the corporate sponsors that support us. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. This is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. So the story at Seattle Pacific University, I'm going to read a little bit out of this 
uh, this news article, this column that was written by Religion in the News. Excuse me, not Religion in the News. Religion News Service. R-N-S. Religion News Service. April 20, 2021 was the date of the publication because that was the date of the vote at Seattle Pacific University, a free Methodist institution. Obviously in Seattle, the Northwest, where 72% of the faculty voted no confidence in the Board of Trustees. The faculty of Seattle Pacific University, a Christian school associated with the Free Methodist Church, has taken a vote of no confidence in its Board of Trustees as members of the board declined to change its policy prohibiting the hiring of LGBTQ people. The no-confidence vote, approved by 70%, excuse me, 72% of the faculty, was the latest in a series of escalating clashes between faculty, students, and the school's governing board. Faculty and students also want the school to drop its statement on human sexuality, which declares marriage between a man and a woman as the only permitted expression of human sexuality. Listen to this. Of the 213 who voted, 153 faculty voted for the motion. Did you hear that? You send your kids to this Christian school, and 153 of the faculty members who will be teaching them can't tell you that the physical act, the sexual choice, I said choice, yes I did, the sexual choice of engaging in a physical act that the Bible explicitly prohibits and condemns from Genesis to Revelation. No, the Bible never changes its stance on sexual morality. Never. Ever. This is a moral law. It's not a civil law described in Bible. It's not like eating shellfish. You know, some of these liberals out there will say, well, the Bible moves its moral standard on issues. On civil law, on ceremonial law, there are changes, yes. For example, if you're a Christian and not an Orthodox Jew, you probably don't have any religious conviction against eating bacon. Now, you may not do so because you don't want your arteries clogged, but that's a different story. You may not have any issue against eating lobster or shrimp or Alaskan snow crab. And the reason you don't is because you recognize that some of the ceremonial laws have changed and that we have freedom in Christ. We do not have to subscribe to all of the dietary restrictions of the Old Testament. The reason is that those dietary restrictions were not moral laws. They were, cer- they were ceremonial, civil. They were laws that were unique for the time. This, we need to read the Bible in context, people. Context. I've talked before about prescriptive literature and descriptive literature. I've talked about the fact that the Bible is presented, yes, I'm an inerrantist. I believe in the, in the inerrancy of the Word of God. It's without error. I'm a literalist, if you will. I believe that the Bible is literally true. But I believe the Bible is literally, excuse me, literally true because it is literature that we need to attend to. And in, as any literature, you read it in context. There's stuff in the Bible that is prescriptive. There's stuff that's proscriptive. There's stuff that's descriptive. 
There are poems and parables and prophecy and prose, and we need to read all of it accordingly. When I read a poem of the Song of Solomon, I don't read it as anything but a poem, and that isn't to degrade in any way the authority of the Bible. When I listen to the parables of Jesus, and I don't necessarily conclude that there was a literal prodigal son, and that it was a parable, it was a story that Jesus was telling to make a point, it was a sermon illustration, by saying what I just said doesn't mean I'm disparaging the authority of the, God, of the, of the Word, of the Word of God. Not at all. Read in context and be prepared to respond to these people who throw out these stupid accusations against those of us who are conservative. Well, the, yeah, you've changed your stance on what kind of food you eat and all of the women in your church don't wear a head covering and all of this other nonsense. There is no parallel between those ceremonial and civil laws as described in the scripture and the moral law that never changes. Read it in context. There's, I challenge anybody, give me one example where the Bible ever says anything positive about homosexuality, the practice of homosexuality. And once again, this article starts out by identifying the very problem. They've already conceded the high ground of human identity by defining people as LGBTQ. And when Seattle Pacific University did that, when they started defining people by virtue of their appetites, their proclivities, their inclinations, their desires, when you define people by their desires rather than their design, rather than their biology, rather than their genetics, rather than their DNA. When you define people by their desires, you're going to jump on this slide, this slippery slope, and it doesn't end. Because what's next? If you can define people because they desire to have a certain kind of sex, then why don't you start defining people legally? Because they desire to lie. They desire to cheat. They desire to steal. They desire to be jackasses, okay? So my point is this. We all have aberrant desires. We're sinful people. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. If we say we are without sin, we make God out to be a liar. All of us are sinners, but we don't define ourselves by those aberrant inclinations. Our identity is more than what we're inclined to do. The LGBTQ lie is exactly this. And hear me on this. They're defining people by their desires. And that's an insult to the human being. The minute you start doing that, you've lost the debate before you even know it. And that's what's wrong at Seattle Pacific University. This no, this no confidence vote of 72% of the faculty is a bunch of faculty, three-quarters of the faculty at Seattle Pacific, that can't think their way out of a paper bag, and they started defining their brothers and sisters by virtue of what they want to do rather than by virtue of who they actually are. We are bigger than this. We are better than this. Animals are defined by their guts and their bellies and their libidos. People don't have to be. It's called confession. It's called repentance. It's called being born again rather than being too easily satisfied with 
saying, I was born that way. And here's a question for you. I'm reading through this article, and I don't have time to read the whole thing. I've made my point. 72% of the faculty, you know, the students are idiots. The students are 19 years old. They're going to be students. They're going to be foolish. But if you've got faculty who are worse, what do you think is going to happen to this student body? What do you think is going to happen to this institution? It's lost. When you have faculty saying stuff like this, right now the board in the last, excuse me, I need to go back. It's from Kevin Newhauser. Dr. Kevin Newhauser, who is a professor of sociology at Seattle Pacific University and a faculty advisor for The Haven, the student club for LGBTQ students on the Seattle Pacific University campus. You see everything that's wrong with that statement? I shouldn't have to even say any more. But this is what Kevin Newhauser says with regard to this Vote of no confidence. Right now, the board is the last remaining group that has not yet come to recognize that LGBTQ individuals can be faithful Christians. And as faculty and staff, they would play positive roles on our campus if we can hire them. Where does the Bible say that, Mr. Newhauser? Where does it say that faithful Christians can deny the authority of Scripture? Where does it say that? Where does it say that faithful Christians can deny the teachings of the church? Where does it say that? Where does it say that faithful Christians can refuse to confess their sins and elevate those very sins to their Christian identity and define themselves, hyphenate their Christianity by the sins that they are inclined to engage in and celebrate those sins as an act of affirmation of their humanity? Where does the Bible say anything like that? Does this sound like apostasy? Does this sound like teaching that is antithetical to Christianity and to the Bible? I'm going to read his quote again. Right now, the board, the board of trustees, is the last remaining group that has not yet come to recognize that LGBTQ individuals can be faithful Christians. All right, key question you should be asking yourself right now. Where is the president? This article says nothing about the president. I can tell you right now, and this is not an exaggeration, if something like this would have happened, on my campus when I was the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. Every one of the faculty who signed that statement would have been called into my office and fired. Well, that's a pretty aggressive move. Piper, how could you possibly do that? Well, number one, I wouldn't have 72% because I was responsible for hiring the faculty. And I asked them, there were litmus test questions that I asked them during the interview process when they applied to work as teachers, professors, advisors. 
administrators, deans, associate deans. When I hired them, I had litmus questions. If they didn't answer the questions the right way, they didn't get, they didn't get hired. It was my responsibility to make sure that I hired people that believed in the Bible. So I asked them, what's your view of Scripture? If they told me it was inerrant, infallible, authoritative, and true, the written word of God, true from Genesis to Revelation, then I hired them. If they didn't tell me that, they didn't get hired. I asked them, what's your view of marriage? If they told me that marriage was between a man and a woman and that the Bible is clear on sexual identity as sexual behavior, there's no confusion. We don't have multiple genders or sexes. We have two. And that the only way to engage sexually is described and defined in the Bible as marriage between a man and a woman. And any other sexual activity outside of that context is sin. If they said that, they get hired. If they didn't, they did not get hired. So I had questions. I wouldn't have had 72% of my faculty saying this stuff. But if I had one of them, two of them, 2% of them, that would sign a statement like this, I would have fired them because they would have been in breach of contract. And I would have had every legal right to do so. And I had the moral obligation to do so because I was taking your money, a lot of your money, to send your kids to my institution. And if I didn't give them the education I promised you, I was guilty of false advertising. Where is the president in this? Why did he hire these people in the first place? And why isn't he leading and speaking out against this? Why isn't he cited as the guy who's telling these people to stand down? This is wrong. This is unbiblical. This is a compromise of our mission. We cannot be a Christian institution if we have people who believe this unbiblical stuff. Where is the president? The president should be fired. He should be fired. This goes back to a story that I mentioned in my book, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, where I warned, if you abandon truth, if truth with a capital T is no longer your reason to exist as an academic institution, then you are lost. Well, truth when it comes to sexuality and human identity at Seattle Pacific University no longer exists. 72% of the faculty don't believe in the truth of Scripture. They just admitted it. Oh, that's an exaggeration. No, it's not. They just admitted they don't believe the Bible is true. They, can, they believe it can be manipulated and changed, that it can be reinterpreted for a postmodern day. And that we should affirm sodomy rather than call upon people to repent of it. They believe that. And you know the problem is? Many of you do too. Because we're all attending churches that are soft on this stuff. Not all of us. I don't right now. The church that I've chosen to become a part of in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, Bartlesville First Baptist with James Bizadecki as the pastor, is crystal clear on this and all other issues that are guided by Scripture, and all issues should be. 
You see, what's your first thing? If your first thing is the authority of the word, belief in the Bible, then you're going to get a lot of things right. And when you get them wrong, the Bible will be the measuring rod to correct you. It will be the soap that cleanses culture. It'll also be the, slo- the soap that cleanses your soul. Because it tells you what to do about stuff like this. It tells you to repent rather than affirm. It tells you that including unconfessed sin in the body of Christ is anathema to the teachings of Christ. That there are certain things you're supposed to exclude. And there are certain people you're supposed to exclude if they won't confess. That doesn't mean you hate them. That doesn't mean you don't walk side by side with them. It doesn't mean that you don't enter in to their, oh, well, Jesus went into the bars with sinners. Yes, he did. And so can you. But Jesus never went into those places and affirmed what they were doing. Jesus went in and told them that he was the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one came to the Father but by him. Jesus went in and condemned sin. He didn't go in and celebrate it. He didn't have a conversation about sin as if it was something to debate and joke about. There's so much more that can be said on this story. I could do five shows on it, but I might bore you to death. The bottom line is, wolves in sheep's clothing are dangerous, but wolves in shepherd's clothing are downright deadly. And at Seattle Pacific University, as well as hundreds of other Christian colleges across the land, we now have wolves in shepherd's clothing. 72% of the faculty don't believe in the Bible, but yet you're going to drop 50 grand to send your kid there because it's a Christian college and it's associated with your denomination. It's free Methodist, so it's got to be true and blue. It's Baptist, so it's got to be okay. It's Wesleyan, so they obviously believe in holiness. It's Nazarene, and we all know that Jesus was a Nazarene. We're going to be loyal to the tribe, and we're going to send our kids off to the institutions that we pay for through our tithes to the tribe. Folks, it's time for you to step up and say, not on my watch. The president should have fired these people, and I'm certainly not going to send my kids to be taught by them. It's better to send your kids to a secular institution, a state institution, where at least you know the wolves are wolves, rather than these fake Christians, these wolves that are dressed in shepherd's clothing with blood dripping from their teeth. In times of universal deceit, and this is deceptive, the only rebellion left is truth. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.